Welcome to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast, hosted by lead pastors Cassie and Alex Farron. Midtown Church exists to reveal the kingdom of Jesus together in Kansas City. This podcast explores ways in which we can become more like Jesus, reveal the places he is already working, and ultimately renew the reputation of the local church. And we are back again for our second episode in our two-part little mini-series on Sabbath. So I hope everyone enjoyed setting a day apart this week for their Sabbath. If you haven't gotten to listen to our last podcast episode, I would encourage you to stop what you're doing. (laughs) I'm like one of those uh, in the videos for like drivers, new drivers, and they're like, stop. That's what I'm I'm being right about. Or or, or standardized testing when they have that, stop sign oh, yeah, before don't, you move don't forward. Don't go further. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't go, go further. further. <laughs> wow, we said that at the same time. Uh, don't go further. Go back and listen to that first podcast episode and then come back to this one because this one will not make a whole lot of sense if you don't listen to the previous one. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously I'm joined by my co-host and husband, Alex Farron. Um, he is uh, an incredible, incredible Sabbather. You are good at Sabbathing. <laughs> We talked about this a little bit Thanks. on last. It's okay. true. We talked about this a little bit on last podcast episode. I'm an Enneagram three, and he's an Enneagram nine. And naturally, Enneagram nines are better at Sabbathing and resting than other numbers. But as you pointed out, mm-hmm. everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. I will say though, if you've read Row Back to You by Ian Crown, he does talk about how nines are some of the most spiritual people. <laughs> and I'm definitely gonna prop you up a little bit because uh, that's so true. Wow. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, But anyway, I'm super stoked because today we're going to be talking a little bit about Sabbath practices, uh, some things that Alex and I have incorporated into our Sabbath practice and our own lives. Um, And so really to just give a a recap of what we talked about last episode and set us up well, um, Sabbath, we define that as a day set apart from work. Um, to make more room for Jesus and our rest. And so as Alex pointed out in our last podcast episode, Sabbath is not designed for mindlessness. It's designed for mindfulness. So Sabbath is not sitting and binge watching TV Mm -hmm. or playing video games all day or on social media, which again, we don't espouse legalism. So yeah. Well, if you have a moment, it's, it is it, what it is. It's not designed to, to lead you into bleary-eyed numbness. Exactly, yes. Where you're like, oh, six hours have left me and I haven't moved from this couch because yeah. I've been watching every season of Stranger Things. Exactly. That's not, that's not Sabbathing well. Yeah. That's numbing yourself from the stresses of the previous week yeah. or avoiding the things of the next week. And yeah. that's not healthy. Yeah. Which, prior to starting this episode... Alex and I should have a confession time. We are not perfect at this. Oh, by, by no any means. stretch of the imagination. We are still very much learning. And with every new season of life, I feel like you almost have to relearn Sabbath all over again. Yep. Um, just because stressors, change of context, space, all those things throw our routine okay. uh, and schedule out of whack. And so it's giving yourself the grace uh, in every season to say, what does this look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, for moms who are listening to this right now, Sabbath is going to look very different for you, very especially different. young moms. Yep. Um, you know, if you can just make it through the day, <laughs> 
you're probably doing a good job. Mm. And so uh, just prior to starting this conversation, we want to recognize everybody's kind of in different seasons and Sabbath and your Sabbath schedule and plan has to ebb and flow with those things. So mm-hmm. Abba, uh, excuse me, Alex, why don't you go ahead and start us off uh, to just kind of talk through um, what some Sabbath practices uh, that you know of that you studied uh, or that we've implemented in our own lives. Uh, just talk through a couple of them. Give us a few examples of what those look like. Yeah, so as we mentioned earlier, Sabbath is about mindfulness and reorienting our heart to Christ. And so as we go through these practices they are useless unless christ is at the center unless the um, practice involves bringing our hearts and our minds back to christ and to who he is and to the kingdom that he's building and his the incredible gift that he is it's it kind of borders on legalism it borders on just another thing Um, and so really the main goal of everything we're about to mention is to really create rhythms in your life that reorient yourself back to Christ. Now, for us, the rhythms that we put into place are for two adults living together, married. We don't have little ones no, right now. And so that would ebb and flow with yeah. the incorporation of children. But one of the very first practices that might be my favorite one is just simply the family dinner. Um, for us, we're working on moving our micro church to Friday nights. But really it's... From online to in-person. Fr- from Hello. online to in-person. So exciting. Yeah. <laughs> kind of emerging from the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but Jesus kind of sets the precedence for this uh, in Luke 22 specifically, but in multiple times throughout the gospels jesus sets this this alex lost his words <laughs> jesus sets this precedent sets word, this this sets this pattern pattern uh, there we go this, good job <laughs> sets this pattern of sharing a dinner with this closest friend so like in luke 15 luke twenty two fifteen, he says i have eagerly desired to share this and then luke will go on to write and jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave that it to them saying this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me do this as uh, we've talked about as a church was not a tiny cracker or a sip of juice it was a meal it was thankfulness. It was celebrating God's yeah. liberation. It was life around a table. Yeah, so. although we very much obviously believe and practice communion, it's um, like putting it in the context and helping us understand that the very act of gathering around a table with friends and family and neighbors is in and of itself a practice of communing with Jesus. Right. And um, so that's what makes this family dinner so beautiful and important yeah. and necessary. Yeah. yeah. When we gather around a table, we really proclaim and we reenact the story of Jesus and we become a family. Like it's those moments around a table of sharing what's happened that past week, um, maybe sharing things that you're grateful for, things that are challenging or difficult that really our hearts become knit together. Yeah. And so we would actually suggest committing to a regular rhythm of a home-cooked meal with other followers of Christ. So whether you are um, single and living alone or you're a married couple or even a family, identifying a few other followers of Christ and kind of coming together for a family dinner week in and week out 
is incredibly healthy, yeah. incredibly necessary. It's work. Don't get me wrong. Doing a potluck every single week is some work, but there are ways with intentionality you can make it easier. Yeah, and I, I would say this, like, part of understanding Sabbath is, like, and Sabbath being mindful and not mindless, obviously, like, preparing dinner mm-hmm. is a version of work. Yes. But yet we still do it during Sabbath because food is at the core of our Christian belief and practice. Mm-hmm. And so I I guess our my encouragement to you, again, would be make sure that this isn't like a legalistic thing. Yep. And also know that, yes, it, there are going to be parts of Sabbath that at times you're like, oh, okay, I've got to put the bread in the oven or I've got to put the chili on the stove. But here's what I would I would also say. Family dinners do not have to be four course meals. And I'm preaching to myself on this <laughs> because I grew up in a family. God bless my mother. I love her so much. And she is like always throwing out the red carpet for yep. anyone who comes to visit. And I love that about her. And actually, I think that is beautifully part of the heart of Jesus. However, that being said, when it comes to like a family dinner or when it comes to starting your Sabbath with a family dinner, this is not like the time that you have to feel like you've got to provide that six course dinner mm-hmm. or you've got to bake or make everything from scratch, yeah. right? This is a time for you to put together a humble meal mm-hmm. to serve to your family, yeah. not guests that you're trying to impress. Right. And that's why we named it this practice the family dinner yeah. and not just a dinner party. It's yeah. not it's not about entertainment. Yeah. I mean if if you make a four course meal for your kiddos every single night, God wow, God bless you. That's <laughs> but that's just not most people's reality. Yeah. It is or like, what most people enjoy, or what most people enjoy. Most people enjoy like, like simplicity, and yeah. it's more about the being lasagna together. that I the frozen yep. lasagna that I bought from the store. Yes, and yeah. so I'll, just as an encouragement, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I I don't really know who to do that with to have a meal with, mm-hmm. we would love for you to join one of our micro churches. You can do that by going to midtownkc.church forward slash micro church because. Really, that's what our microchurches are yeah. intended for. They're, yep. ga- they're gatherings in which we, as followers in G- of Jesus or mm-hmm. people who are moving closer to Jesus, gather around a table together, yep. eat good food, read scripture, pray prayers together, yep. um, and really do the family meal with one another. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What are some other practices, Alex? Yeah, so the second practice is lighting the remembrance candles, and I'll kind of give a background to it. So in... Exodus 31, Moses is instructed by God to tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day, for the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation. And so for those of us who practice Sabbathing every seven days, this practice offers us an embodied reminder of the covenant God made with the Israelites mm-hmm. and really the liberation he offers from the Egyptian empire and subsequently their um, exploited work. Okay. And so Sabbath is a day of remembrance. Thus, we follow the example of Israelites and there are still um, Hebrews uh, in the Jewish religion who still practice this very regularly of practicing the, the twin candles of remembrance and guarding. So typically this practice involves 
two candles being lit at the beginning of Sabbath that burn throughout Sabbath, corresponding to remembering the covenant from Exodus 20 and guarding that day and guarding it as um, a gift God has given us. Um, sometimes a, a song is sung by the mother of the family over the family um, or probably more common, a prayer is offered. And a common one is blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to be a light to the nations and who gave us Jesus, our Messiah, the light of the world. And really these candles offer a, a symbol that you see throughout the house that today is the Sabbath. And they, they offer just this reminder right out of the peripherals of your vision or every time mm. you walk by the table that they sit on that today is Sabbath. And then throughout the week, if they're still sitting out, may un, obviously not burning, mm. they remind you of what to look forward yeah. to in the Sabbath. Yeah. So if you have kids, I always think that this practice is a really good one because, yeah. you know, as a kid, it's so great to have those visual reminders as like a prompter. So, and even as a kid to want to interact yeah. with what's going on. And so having your kids lighting candles or, you know, maybe we, maybe you live in an apartment that doesn't allow candles or whatever. You're like, ah, I can't light candles or I don't know, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you could, you know, print out a scripture or print out a prayer or write one on your mirror that you do every single Sabbath. And yep. as you walk by it, you're reminded. So there are a lot of different ways to do this. It doesn't necessarily have to be the candle. I think that's a really beautiful way to do it, but it's essentially saying, what can I place in front of me that reminds me of this day and why I'm doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What else Alex? Yeah. So <clears throat> another kind of one of these reminders, um, kind of comes from Psalm, uh, 119 and the the psalmist in, in verse 103 uh, writes that your words are sweet to my taste um, and there's actually this Jewish practice of putting honey on a tablet that includes the word of the Lord includes the Torah and that young Jewish boys would actually lick the honey off of this tablet and it was <laughs> Kind of this bizarre ceremony yeah. of recognizing. A teaching it's a teaching technique yeah. of recognizing the word of the Lord as something precious. Mm-hmm. The word of the Lord is something to be enjoyed and uh, should be sweet to our lips as the righteous ones, the ones who are included in the family of God. And so kind of a way to do this, maybe um, a way for us to incorporate that is on the Sabbath morning. So for us, it would be Saturday morning. Um, having a, a, a morning meal that includes something sweet, whether that's pancakes and syrup, waffles, fruit, fruit yeah. something that is sweet to the taste. And we do, I'll mention the scripture reading as our next practice, but including, you know, as we're reading the scriptures, eating that sweet item so that like as we're hearing the word of the lord come into our ears we're also tasting it in a very real way and it's it's those kind of embodied practices that stay with us for a long time um it's those things those tastes those smells 
that instantly bring us back to a moment with our family. And so really the hope is that as you're bringing up your kids or even for yourself, that years later when you taste the sweetness of honey or syrup or a strawberry, it's reminded of those moments reading the Psalms over a breakfast or, you know, reading a passage of the gospel and really kind of brought back to the sweetness of God's word in his text. Yeah, you know, if you are a regular Midtown Church podcast listener, um, you'll remember we did a mini-series on spiritual formation and this idea of like love stories and habits at the very beginning of our, our podcast. And so if you haven't listened to those, I would encourage you to. You'll notice as we're talking, we're introducing a lot of elements that aren't just visual or auditory, but really involve all of the the senses. Um, and if you'll remember from those podcast episodes, we actually talk about to be spiritually formed is to involve all of the senses mm-hmm. in our learning of who Jesus is. And this honestly is a basic like learning uh, and teaching principle that we incorporate yep. into schools, especially in Montessori schools, yep. in which we understand that all of our senses have to be incorporated into learning something for us to fully learn it. And so part of this Sabbath is a learning process. Yes. It's learning more of who Jesus is. It's making more space for who Jesus is. And it's giving us a space um, to be formed in the likeness of Jesus by, again, learning more of who he is and what he does in our life. And so part of that learning process, doing that well, is involving all of those senses yep. and being intentional about explaining those um to those in your home, whether they be kids or even reminding your spouse about it or even reminding yourself if you live by your by, by yourself or on your own. Yeah. Um, Alex, you mentioned reading scriptures. Yeah. Um, I know something that the two of us do at the beginning of every Sabbath, we specifically read two passages of scriptures. Tell yep. us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I suggest reading two scriptures, one from the Jewish Testament, the Old Testament, and one from the New Testament. And it's important to note that reading scripture is not a magic text or an instant transformation. It is a written account of God's activity in his people. Mm. And by regularly engaging with it, the story of Christ seeps into our bones and becomes part of our story. And so reading the scripture every Sabbath actually centers our attentions and our affections on our good God. And so You could read, um, whenever you go Old Testament, New Testament, you could read different passages each Mm. week. You could go, you know, your Old Testament could be a psalm and working your way through the psalms every week. And then you could read through a gospel and work your way through the gospels. Or you could read the same few texts every Sabbath. If you want to go that route, um, I, in the show notes, will include some suggested readings of just... um, passages that bring our hearts and our minds to the goodness of God yeah. and the rest we we receive from him. So the the big thing is kind of just starting the practice of reading scripture. Um, and if you've got kiddos, including them on the reading of scripture, yeah, yeah. Um, we've talked about just how sweet it is and how, how transformative it is to sometimes hear the Bible read in the voice of a, child. of a child. Yeah. 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 That's so true. Two of some of my favorite Sabbath practices are uh, what is formally called an afternoon nap. Yeah. Uh, and the other one being an evening walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love um, during our Sabbath, we usually uh, take a time to 
either take a nap or to rest, um, even if we can't fall asleep and close mm-hmm. our eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that portion of my day um, because yet again, it's giving me an opportunity uh, to remember that I rest, knowing that God ultimately has my work. Yep. Uh, and also, it's great because who doesn't want a little bit more sleep in their life? <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's I, a good thing. I mean, the in First Kings 19, Elijah has this moment where he's like, God, kill me. Like, this all sucks. Like, I want it all over. And he promptly lays down for a nap, and he's awoke with a snack from God. And so it's kind of this, like, funny anecdote, this funny story that sometimes we just need a nap and a snack yeah, to, like, overcome the stress and these moments of anxiety. And so, you know, grabbing a quick nap and just having everybody lay down at that kind of magic 2 p.m., um, really is a way of just one more embodied experience of the rest that God gives us. If you're single, this is obviously really easy to do. Um, If you have kids, sometimes this can be more challenging. Um, But I remember my mom consistently Mm -hmm. talking about how I never slept as a a child. But during nap time, she would always make me go to my room for 30 minutes and be quiet. And whether that was reading a book or playing by myself or whatever that looked like. And so parents, that gives you some moments of silence (laughs) and retreat. Uh, And like I mentioned earlier, the other practice I really love is, is taking a walk. And we see in Genesis, um, God consistently walking with Adam and Eve through the garden. Mm -hmm. We don't always, we don't necessarily know what their conversations were like or what that particular walk looked like. Um, but I think there is something to say about when you get out of the house, when you're forced to go on a walk, sometimes conversation will come easy. Mm -hmm. Um, but then also other times too, it's a moment for you, especially if you're single to be reminded of the beauty around you Mm -hmm. and the things that you can be thankful for. Um, which I also think leads to another really good practice, and that is cultivating a content heart. Um, Alex, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so this one is the first of our practices that is a do not do. <laughs> um, so the others are an addition, like these are things you can add to your day. Yeah. Cultivating a content heart is is kind of more about what are you not including. And so I, I recently read that s- some theorize that the average American sees between 6,000 and 10,000 advertisements per day. And so this is an idea that w- every day we are expo- exposed to a plethora of messages that are telling us to buy, to be, and how to live. So and our identity as a consumer. As a consumer. Else. And yeah. yet we follow the king that says, do not be anxious about your life, what you eat or what you will drink, not about your body or what you put on. Is life more, not more than food and the body more than clothing? Mm-hmm. So look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. And so this bizarre reflections on birds and nature, Jesus tells us to remain content And so we're to be content with our possessions, our sustenance, and with who we are. And so it's this idea of how do we as the people of Jesus kind of find contentment Mm. in who we are. And so here's some of the practices. Power off your phone or set it to do not disturb. Just the reality is it's not every week is not going to be an emergency. And very rarely do emergencies happen. In, in that regard. And so... And, hey, prepare your friends and your family, those that are closest to you. Like, hey, I'm going to be doing this every blank, yep. whatever day. 
if there's an emergency, call me three times. Yes. And iPhones, and I think a lot of other phones, you can do this setting. Uh, if your phone's on Do Not Disturb, if someone calls you repeatedly three times, it will click on, uh-huh. and you'll be able to hear it ring. And so um, just let your friends and your family know yeah. that. And then if you're really anxious about it, schedule like two times throughout the day mm-hmm. to you like can check very it. quickly check it. Yep. And make sure that there's nothing serious happening, yeah. and then put it back down. <laughs> yeah, some, if you do the the checking it, find some way to be accountable to yeah. someone. Like, uh, I've heard some people have a particular box that they put all of their devices in, um, and so everybody's device is yeah. is put away, and there's some accountability to that. And so that also means you know abstaining from checking social media, emails, or spending obsessive time on your phone. So again abstain from shopping and online shopping and with you know talking about meals that means the occasional grocery store visit might be necessary on a sabbath day it this is not again a legalistic thing but just trying to do your grocery shopping days before trying to do your cleaning before but you know sometimes it happens so yeah so one of the last practices that we have to talk about is the practice of mindfulness, which mm-hmm. we've already talked a little bit about. But tell us in practicality, how do you practice mindfulness? Yeah. So as we mentioned, Sabbath is not about mindlessness, but about mindfulness. So there is a sense of abstaining from activities that lead you to mindlessness. So abstain from binging television, video games or YouTube videos. Instead, um, choose activities that engage your mind. So reading a book, taking a walk, um, a really helpful one is sharing what you're grateful for, share stories or play board games. Things that um, really bring you into engaging with your emotions and those who are around you and abstaining from those activities that lead us to numbing our emotions um, and kind of that bleary-eyed just binging of something. That's an unhealthy practice, and so we want to pursue mindfulness, not mindlessness. Yeah, so you might be listening to this and thinking, that was a whole lot of practices, and I don't know how to incorporate them. Um, That's okay. Just as a reminder, like we said, this is not like a laundry list of things for you to do. Right. Rather, it's just some ideas and some practices that you can implement in your life and your family's life. Uh, And so what we would encourage you to do uh, at this point, so kind of the practice for today or the practice for this week would be to sit down. um, You've already blocked out a day. Mm -hmm. Would be to sit down with your family or your roommates or even if it's just yourself and to really create a little plan for yourself, right. a, a little schedule per se mm-hmm. of what your Sabbath is going to look like. And again, this doesn't have to be a rigid thing, depending on how like flexible and spontaneous you are. This could yep. be really loose. It could yeah. just be a couple guidelines, yep. um, but something concrete that you write, write down um, that you intentionally say, this is what my Sabbath is going to yeah. look like. And- and Cassie mentioned, it sounds like we're giving you a laundry list of things to do, but what what we've found is that when we put away our phones and when we disengage from the things that just keep us super busy, we actually have a lot more time yeah. than we anticipated. And yeah. so this Sometimes laundry... it's hard to know what to do. The yeah. laundry list is actually not that much when it's 
when your phone is removed, when you're not spending your time scrolling, when you're not engaged in all of these other activities. So, um, you know, all that is to say, this is an encouragement that Sabbath is also a time to, you know, rest into into yeah. time yeah yeah that's good uh on uh our website midtownkc.church forward slash sabbath we actually have a lot of this information uh written out for you but we also have an example of what alex and i's sabbath plan looks like and so alex and i are just kind of kind of briefly go through that again mm-hmm. to just give you a tangible idea of what our Sabbath looks like and what the, the, what these practices could look like implemented. So Alex and I, like I said, we are moving our microchurch. We're wanting to do that on Friday nights mm-hmm. until we're able to move our microchurch um, to that format. Uh, we'll probably gather some friends around our dinner table. Well, we, we normally do a family dinner, just the two of us, yeah. on Friday night. Um, we and do nachos a lot. We do nachos a lot. That's kind of one of our favorite things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so we just, you know, Friday night, it's always kind of date night. It's us hanging out. Yeah. We usually watch a movie together. Yep. yep. So for in the future, it'll be micro church. And then for us, it'll be movie night. It'll just be, you know, we get to enjoy a story. We get to enjoy something we thoroughly enjoy. So it's dinner and a movie. And then Saturday morning, we wake up. And while maybe one of us is making... Um, breakfast. We it's always make breakfast. <laughs> yes. Well, one of us is making breakfast. The other is reading through the scriptures, the prayers, and um, lighting our candles. Yeah, and then obviously we eat breakfast together. We allow ourselves to sleep in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, then you know different things that can fill our day. Um, books that yep. we read. Um, you know, as pastors, sometimes. It's, there's a temptation to want to read books that help us think through church structures and blah, blah, blah. Um, but on Sabbath, we really try to keep a little, our reading a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so reading some fiction books that we really enjoy yep. or even a book like Ruthless Elimination of Hurry that's mm-hmm. like forcing us to think through our rhythms of work and resting. Mindfulness um, is the goal. Yeah, mindfulness is the goal. Um, so if you're like in finance, I would not encourage you to read like a finance book (laughs) during your sabbath i mean maybe that'll be good for you but i have a feeling you'll start thinking about your work Mm -hmm. intensely uh and that's a couple other things you know i really enjoy baking so sometimes i'll bake something Mm because for me it's really fun it's really restful i'll listen to an audiobook or some podcasts i love taking baths that's Mm -hmm. like my jam (laughs) and so sometimes i'll take a bath i've been working on a cookbook and so sometimes I'll, I'll have some fun just sitting down and mm-hmm. writing out some recipes. Um, Alex, you really love reading comics. <laughs> I, I love reading comics. Yeah. Um, we also have played tennis a few times. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're no good. Or but, go on a run. But it's it's fun nonetheless to in, engage your body in some yeah. way. And kind of, though it sounds like work, working up a sweat is really healthy. And, you know, the endorphins and the uh, experiences that you have actually has a, brings a lot more rest than just and joy i mean yep. exercising yep. has proven yep. to increase uh serotonin levels in your body yep. and so yep. it also helps you be able to take an afternoon nap Bingo. <laughs> which is the next thing that we have on our uh little schedule mm-hmm. and then um we always uh do an evening walk sometimes after dinner mm-hmm. um but we also 
part of our schedule is to reiterate things that we're thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom just recently bought me what's called a blessings jar and you like write down things that you're thankful for. And so um, I thought it would be really fun to utilize that so that even during Sabbath you could pull out those things and remember other things that you've written down that you're grateful for or content yep. for. Yep. And then, yeah, we'll end the dairy with prayers, um, blowing out the candles yep. and, and dinner. dinner together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just a little snapshot of what we do. Um, we always turn our phones on. Don't disturb. Um, we try to abstain from like shopping or mm-hmm. going on Amazon again, not legalistic. If there's like something you remember you absolutely need and you just need to go add it to your cart real quick. Yeah. I've done that before. <laughs> um, but we also try to abstain from television and streaming services after we do our movie night. So, mm-hmm. um, I will say again, parents, Sometimes this can be really, really difficult, especially if you have little ones. And so mm-hmm. during that afternoon nap, if your kids are watching a movie, more power to you. Yeah. It's totally <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. Sometimes as a parent, you need just some quiet and some rest. So uh, that's a little snapshot of our Sabbath. Um, again, practice this week. Uh, create a schedule, create a plan. If you need a reiteration of this episode, you need to reference it again. Feel free to visit our website, midtownkc.church forward slash Sabbath. All the content from our last two podcast episodes is up on our website to really help you construct and create that plan. Thanks for listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.